This is the Jocko Underground Podcast number six with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. And also, once again, Dave Burke. Good evening, Dave. Good evening. Good deal, Dave. This is a good deal. Okay, check. <laughs> Just making sure. So, so when I did the Jocko Live events mm-hmm. that we did pre-COVID, uh, I called the the events decisively engaged, which is a term from military doctrine that I always liked. I always liked that term. Now, the definition of that word, if you go into the 101, TAC 5, TAC 1, operational terms and graphics, which is a great, if you're in the military, you should have that book. If you're going in the military, you should get that book. You can just get it online. It's just a big PDF, but it's 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 how to learn the language of the military. 101, TAC 5, TAC 1, operational terms and graphic graphics. I used to have a copy that I would keep by my bed, and like as I was falling asleep, I would just read through it. And And when you look in there for the definition of decisive engagement, it is, This, in land and naval warfare, an engagement in which a unit is considered fully committed and cannot maneuver or extricate itself. In the absence of outside assistance, the action must be fought to a conclusion and either won or lost with the forces at hand. In some situations, this is a desired result in order to hold key terrain, defeat a specific enemy force, or secure a specific Objective, in this situation, the unit can receive additional forces or support to be able to disengage. And that last part, they they have it defined as like army. So I think that's also a cool definition, right? Is that definition cool? I think so, Not only is it decisively engaged, cool sounding, but it's also a very cool definition. I can't get out of this. I've got to win. I can't even move. I've got to just win. So when I name that event, I named it for a few reasons. Number one, because it sounds cool. Number two, because it's a play on words, right? Because an engagement, you know, oh, we've got an engagement tonight. It's another word for an event. So there's a nice little play on words, right? And the last one is because it's something that I actually like to do to myself. I actually like to put myself in situations where I don't really have a choice. And and I realized this. I realized this because I was getting. I got asked this question the other day on something. So you were talking to a client. I think I was talking to a client, and 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 basically was, you know, it's the classic question of, you know, how do you get stuff done? And I just, you know, new book coming out. How do you how do you write that book? How'd you do all this stuff? You know, how how do you getting all this stuff done? And it's a really common thing that people talk about in this day and age. What's the culture? Echo Charles, hustle culture, right? right? Grind culture. Grind culture, culture yeah. which, right, that culture is, is a common thing to talk about. Well, how, you know, what are your, what's your process? Productivity. What's your, pro- oh, there's a go- what's the productivity hack? What's the productivity hack we've got, oh, right? Sure, yeah, the hack. The hack. We're looking for the hack over here. And as I thought through this question, because as you know, Dave, when somebody asks me a question, even though nine words into it, I'm pretty sure I already know the answer. I will not allow myself to jump to that conclusion. So as this guy asked me a question, I've heard this question a thousand times, what's my productivity thing? What's my hint? What's my one thing? All that stuff. Mm. And it was some version of that question. 
And I said, okay, well, let me reassess what this question is. Let me reassess, let me, let me think about the answer. And I realized that this word, decisively engaged, is a tool that I actually utilize to force myself to do things. I put myself into situations that I have to win, that I can't get out of. And, and you know, part of this is, you know, we've been, we've been covering co- competition or competing the, the Marine Corps manual. We, we've been talking a ton about strategic versus tactical. And you can get caught up in these tactical wins. You know, I'm winning tactically, I'm winning, but you're losing strategically. And I don't really wanna equate this to that. That's kind of like what triggered my thought about being decisively engaged. Because I think to myself, well, that's like a tactical situation that you're in that you can't get out of. But I use it. And so here's how I use it. I put myself in a scenario where I, where I have no choice. What is an example of that? Here's an example. Talking to my publisher and they say, okay, we want, you know, I know you want to do another book. Can you get it to us by this date? And I say, yes. That's what I say. Now, once I say yes, I'm going to hit that due date. I am going to hit that due date. I am going to hit it. I know that once I say yes to that book, I know what I have to do. I know it's gonna be 1,000 words a day. I know I owe 85, 90,000 words, whatever the case may be. I backtrack and I realize, okay, now I gotta start writing. This is what I have to do. By the way, there's edits and all these other things you gotta do. So there's something here that, that, that I feel. I feel looming. <laughs> I'm not, not looming like, you know, Pete, from origin that's up there loom on a loom, an actual loom. I feel things that loom over me. Mm. And what looms over me if I owe, for instance, if I owe a book, what I don't wanna do, what looms over me is, hey, two and a half weeks and you have to write a whole book. That looms over me, I do not want that feeling. I don't want, oh, I've got three weeks to write a whole book. I don't want that feeling, not only is it, not possible because there's no way I could carve out that much time in every single day to write 10,000 words a day, whatever, for eight days and get a book done. But you're, what's your product at the end of writing 10,000 words a day for for 10 hours? What's your product? Mm-hmm. Your product is crap. So I have that looming over me. So I sign up for it. I sign up to have this thing loom over me because I know that then what I'm gonna do is start to work, do, get the discipline in place, to write the thousand words a day as early as, starting tomorrow, I'll start tomorrow, by the way. When I tell you, hey, when I tell my publisher, yep, I'll have a book to you by this date, tomorrow I'm writing a thousand words and I'm gonna write a thousand words until I'm done and I'll be done three months early, two months early, start to edit all that. But I think it's important to hate what looms over you, to hate the feeling of things looming over you. Here's another, here's an, I'm trying to think of examples. Here's another little example. Let's say I'm reading a book for a podcast and I'm only 50 pages into the book. So I have another 350 pages to read. I got a 400 pages to read on a book and I've got a book that I already read, but I have to prep the podcast for it and we're doing the podcast tomorrow. So I've got to get ready. I've got to go and highlight the parts and put the little notations in there. I got to do all that. And that's the, that's what I need to do tomorrow. Before I do that, I have to do that. I'm 100% going to do that. It's a guarantee that I'm going to do that. I have to get that done no matter what. 
Before I do that, I go and read 40 pages from the book that is due in three weeks. You see the trap that I put myself in? Yeah. I'm putting myself into a trap. I know the only way out is to actually do it. Now, what would be the easy thing to do would be say, oh, okay, well, I got the podcast tomorrow, so I'm gonna put that as a priority. Mm-hmm. And now I'm gonna do that first. Well, now I get done with that, it's a little bit later, and now that 40 pages that I was supposed to read, now all of a sudden I say, ah, well, you know, I'll only read 20. <laughs> I don't like that. Now I, got, now I got big reading to do and it's looming and I don't like that. So I schedule the thing that's strategic ahead of the thing that's tactical. Even though I know I gotta get that tactical thing done, I I mean, there's no way out. I'm gonna record. I have to record at three o'clock tomorrow. Okay, great. Here, I'm gonna do this other thing first. I still have to get it done. It makes it a good way to plan for your day. Uh, If I gotta plan for a client, if if I've gotta put together and review my notes for a client with a call that I'm doing and I'm gonna present, and I know that, that I know I have to get that done, I'm gonna work out before I do that. So if, I got, if I've got a client tomorrow and I gotta to prepare and it's gonna take me two hours to prepare, okay, cool. I could wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I, I need to do that. And then I can like brush off and maybe I, the workout gets slid a little bit. Yeah. But no, I'm gonna work out first because I know I have to do the thing for the client. So I'm gonna place myself into positions where I'm going to be decisively engaged. And, and I got a real world example from, from today, from today. So I had a bunch of prep done. I mean, I had, I had uh, prepped somewhat for the podcast that we recorded earlier, but I needed to finish my notes. And I figured, you know what, we got some, we got some of these podcasts in the bank, I don't really need to record one. Mm. And then guess what I did? Before I prep the other podcast, I prepped this podcast. I prepped for this podcast first. And then when I was done, guess what? I had no choice but to prepare the other one. Right. I put myself into a decisively decisive engagement where I couldn't, couldn't run away, couldn't get out of it. You got a puzzled look on your face. No, like I'm not. Well, yeah, I'm not puzzled. I'm, I'm wondering, do I do the same thing? It's going to seem weird. I may be even ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Bear with me. Oh, no. So, I and I thought I got this from my dad, which I probably did, because he'd do the same thing. So, I- every time we're going somewhere, right, the group, the family, mm. we're going somewhere, I always, like, right before we're leaving, as we're leaving, I'll look around to, like, to see if the house or the kitchen or whatever is, like, kind of messy. And if it is, I'll start cleaning up. And I kind of search my feet, like, why do I clean up now, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> And it's because when we come home, I want I want it to be like clean. I don't want I don't okay. want that mess looming, really. Yeah, okay. And that's literally how I feel about it when I search my feelings. And my wife hates it. I we used to hate oh, it. Oh, because my now dad we're going to be late. Maybe. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe she, not. your wife hates coming home to a dirty kitchen. Or your wife hates we're going to be late. When I do that, when I start cleaning up as we leave, for real. Like if she were I'm to hear me saying this, I'm actually semi annoyed right now, just because I can imagine if we're supposed to be going somewhere and now we're ready to go and now you're going to start cleaning. Yeah. That is annoying, bro. Yes, sir. But yeah, I don't doubt that. I don't refute that at all. But you combine <laughs> the, the the separate idea that I, you know, my my feelings on lateness, what they used to be, we'll say. Okay. Getting better. Um, you know, combine it with this weird scenario. Um, the, the looming part of it, the mess yeah. looming, Yeah. it's, there's a high probability I'm going to start cleaning up. Yep, yep. So, but then, like, why do you do that? Like, no, or why do I do that? So, 
yes, the mess is looming, right? But mm-hmm. in a way, how you're like strategic, like you put yourself in, in a, the thing is, I got to, we have to leave. Yeah. We, we're not being late. So I do like this other, well, that's going to get done regardless because the pressure of not doing that thing, that's what you're saying, right? Like Interesting. The, the pressure of not being on time is super high. So you know that's going to get done. If you were doing it so that you would clean quickly, that would make a little bit more sense. Like, hey, I'm just going to get in and knock this out. That would make some sense. Yeah, no, it's more about the looming situation. So the looming situation brings me into the the, the other part that I, that is something that is a big part in my head, mm-hmm. and and it's it ties into aviation. Um, it's the, a term that we use, which is the power curve, right? Which is the power curve and what the power curve. I, I didn't even know it meant anything in aviation that you reach a certain, what, what is it? You reach a certain point where. More power to go slower. More power to go slower. And then at a certain point, if you get behind it. Yeah. When you get behind the power curve, there's not enough power left to keep you from that. From falling out of the get, sky. Yeah, that's right. The slower you're going, the more power it takes. And then you get to a point that you obviously run out of power and then you can't stop that. Unless you put your nose down and start going. So you have to have the room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sooner or later, the ground becomes a factor. But yeah, the concept is what you just just how you described. So we we just use that that term in the SEAL teams. Totally. Like, hey, the power curve. And I'll, and I'll tell you, this is something that I have a very good sense of. I have a very good sense of the power curve. I can feel the power curve normally before other people recognize it. If we're doing something, we got some project we're planning. Like when we would be planning a mission in the SEAL teams, and we had to we had to give a brief to the commanding officer. Wait, you know, if I didn't say anything, twenty minutes out, people would be like, "Oh, we got to get this done." If I w- if I was participating, I'd be like, "Hey, we need to start. We need to get this done right now. We need to put a deadline on this." I could feel that power curve. I could feel that looming thing, and I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it. At all. I I have a good sense of, and I'm I'm. This is up for discussion. I don't know where this comes from, but I know that, and you guys know me, like I don't, I don't claim to be like that good at very many things, but I can tell you, I have a good sense of time compressing and moving, and it's a good, it's a good feeling to have. And once again, I, I relate it to the looming. Like I feel that time. I can feel it. I can sense it. I can know. I know that things, you know, uh, BTF Tony, he say, well, everything takes a half an hour, right? Everything takes, everything takes a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're just going to inspect the vehicles. It's going to take, take us five minutes. Cool. Let's get there a half an hour early. Why? Because everything takes a half an hour. I, I have that feeling too. And the, 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 the lack of, the, the, the scariest thing about time is that it's just the most relentless, merciless thing. It might be the most relentless and merciless thing in the world. It, there's no, you cannot get one millisecond back. Not one millisecond can you get back. None, zero. It's completely and utterly relentless. The, the late for the airport thing. You know, that's a, that's, oh, I'm a control. I like to be in control. If you're late to the airport, you surrender control. The, the TSA agent's gonna take however long the TSA agent's gonna take. That's how long they're gonna take, however long they're gonna take. It doesn't matter. They're gonna, they don't care. They're, they gotta do their job. You're part of their job, inspecting you. The ticket salesperson, 
the baggage handler, no one cares that you're late. And by the way, there's oftentimes there's nothing they can do about it. Like there's a line there. What do you do? Hey, hey, can I go ahead of you? Oh yeah, sure. As long as you get permission from everyone else in the line and <laughs> that whole thing. So what do I do? I get to the airport early. That's what I do. I get to the airport early. It's the only way to get control over that power curve. Because I know that thinking, oh, you know, I'll be okay. There probably won't be a line. There probably won't be a line at TSA. There probably won't be, a, you know, at the ticket counter. There pro- I, I don't have anything in my brain that thinks it's going to go smoothly. That's, that's so true. And you can compare the TSA. That's like the, for lack of a better term, that's the monolith of you better be on time. That thing. Because mm. it is real. Like if I'm even, if I'm late, even if you're late to the your meeting mm-hmm. or something, some big meeting. Yeah, I was late, you know, like, sorry, maybe they'll be mad, but, but you're still at the meeting, you know, whatever. But yeah, the TSA, you straight, you missed your flight. Dude, I let my guard down one millimeter for the first time ever. Like, when was it? It was late, it was early September. My wife and I were going on a, a, a trip to go see John Dudley out in Iowa. And it's the first time we'd, might be the first time we'd ever gone on just like a trip just to go eat steak, shoot my bow, get dialed in with Dudley. Like that's it. We are just going out there for, and it was only for, like we got there one day, we stayed the whole next day, and then we left the next morning. So it was like a very quick turnaround. And I was just, it was just not a work trip. I didn't, just whatever was no factor, right? And I'm, you know, my wife and I were stoked. We're gonna fly out there and just just have a good time. And so I let my guard down one millimeter. And I just wasn't like, like for once, for the first time ever, I didn't really, I wasn't really thinking about it. I didn't really think like, oh, you know, there's there's any problem if we quote, miss the flight or, you know, hey, maybe TSA is not gonna take that long. Mm. So anyways, the, the, the mistake that I made was I just, like misread some some thing on my calendar and you know oh the flights at uh, flights at whatever flights at 12 well or the flights the flights at 12:50 well no it was actually at 12:20 or 12:10 or something i just mit, literally just misread it and i only checked it one time instead of 14 times like i normally do mm. and uh, like i went to print out the tickets before we went or put them on my phone or whatever, and and all of a sudden I looked at it and was like, what? And we were that we were at the stage where we should be printing the tickets to get ready to load up and get no. And all of a sudden we printed them, and now it was instead of being oh now we're going to leave in a half an hour, we needed to leave in eight minutes. Mm-hmm. I let my down my guard one millimeter, and I almost, and we made the flight by the way, yeah. luckily. But I hated that feeling. Yeah. It was horrible. And one of the one, you know, what's weird is like one of the worst feelings about it was I was thinking, oh, and I gotta, I gotta tell Dudley. You know what? We're actually just gonna cancel the trip because, <laughs> because to, for me to fly out there now, we're gonna get there in the afternoon tomorrow. We're gonna, you know, eat eat a steak, like come invade your house, eat your steak, and then leave. That's not cool. Let my guard down a millimeter. So now, as I start to think about this. If you take time, you start looking at time, mm-hmm. we, can, we, can, we can deal with our time the same way we deal with our vision, the same way we deal with our planning, the same way we deal with our goals. There's tactical time and there's strategic time. Mm-hmm. 
There's tactical time. You get tactical time. You got to make something happen, right? You, you got to do this thing. You got to, uh, and, and you can just throw away tactical time all day long. You can look at Instagram. You can uh, scroll through Instagram, <laughs> looking at this, looking at that. That thing is pro. That thing is that thing is a a, a machine to suck you in and make you look at another thing. You just it's just going. And if you don't pay attention to what you're doing tactically with your time, it's just like getting in f- tactical battles that don't matter. Mm. If you if you use your tactical time every day wastefully, then you're you look up at your strategic time and you haven't gone anywhere. You haven't moved. Which is which is insane. And yet we do it all day long. I mean, obviously, People are glued to their phones all the time or whatever other thing is gonna gonna tactically suck your time away is gonna be a tactical waste of time. So just like I say, hey, why would I fight this battle, a tactical battle that's gonna make me lose? Why would I do that? Why would I ever do that? Mm. Hey, Echo, I want you to go out and get in a street fight with this idiot drunk person over here and beat them up. You, You might get arrested, you might get a disease, you might get injured, all those negative things. But you're gonna get a tactical win. What would you say to that? Is that a good move? No. Okay. Now, so it's not a good move to get it in a, in a non-strategic fight, a tactical fight that doesn't give you any benefit. Now, what do we do with our time? Just that. <laughs> what do we do with our time? We take time that's precious, this precious commodity that we, we should be only utilizing it for tactical things that move us towards the strategic goal we're heading for, and we're throwing it away. And I see this happen all the time with people. I'm looking at them going, hey, what happened? Yeah. What, what, what are you talking about? People, how'd you write another book? I'll, I'll, how did you not write one? <laughs> what, what happened? What were you doing? I don't know what happened. How did I write another book? I sat down on a computer and started writing. And I did that every day. I, instead, my time, my tactical time was used to build towards my strategic goal to get this book out of my freaking head and onto a piece of paper so I could give it to someone to read. Now, this ties into the fact that strategic thinking and detaching, and, and Dave, I was talking to you about this on the phone, strategic thinking and, and detaching are so closely related. They're so closely related. They're not the same thing. But I can tell you this, they're not the same thing, but if you can't detach, you're not gonna be able to think strategically. You, you can't do it. If you're caught up in the, 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 the fight that you're in right now, if you're caught up in the firefight and you're in the weeds over here, or you're down staring at the map at point blank range, if that's what happens, if that's where you're at, you cannot see what's going on strategically. If you can't detach, you cannot see strategically. It doesn't happen, it's impossible. If you don't look at your time broadly, if you don't take a step back and look at what you're doing with your time, if you're just point blank range doing things minute to minute, half an hour at a time, 20 minute chunk here, 30 minute chunk there, if you don't pay attention, if you don't take a step back and see what you did with that time, it's just, you can't see strategically. You look up in eight months, you've made no progress. You've made no progress. The time is slipping away. 
And the thing that also happens is detachment and strategy or strategic vision are very close related because if you do detach, if you do take a step back, it's hard for you to not see strategically where you're at. If you take a step back and you you take a look at where you're at, you know, this uh, the it's the uh, thing we talked about on the podcast of the fact when you write something down, when you write something down, you are de facto detached to it. So when you write down, oh, this is what I did with my time today. I watched the news for 48 minutes. I scrolled through this for whatever, 72 minutes. I sat and looked at Amazon to check out different whatevers. Then I read reviews on consumer. You see where I'm going with this? Like if this just, if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't take a step back and see where your time's going, all of a sudden you realize your time is just, just you won't recognize the fact that that time is just slipping away and you're not making any progress towards your strategic goals. You're not seeing where you should invest your time. Which is horrible. There's a little connection to something that that I thought about I, several times in my career and I think it's some something similar to what you were saying. You were talking about that feeling, that looming feeling of this thing is impending or and maybe in my mind the way you're saying that is is not just the feeling of of what's looming in front of me that I got to get done but when you're when you when you linked it to time I made the connection of looking back on what I didn't get done with that time and it actually reminded me of my fact tour when I left Top Gun to go be a Ford air controller which ended up working with you in Iraq which was volunteering for that fact tour, which to be honest, like in, a, in many objective levels, I didn't want to go do that. Like I didn't want to go be a fact in Iraq. Um, I wanted to fly airplanes. But as I looked at that situation of, hey, what was I going to do next? And the opportunity came up for some pilot somewhere in the Marine Corps to go do this one particular job that I didn't at the time know was going to take me to Ramadi. I just knew it was going to take me out of the cockpit. I volunteered for it out of a sense of feeling of, how was I going to reflect on my life on the time that I used? Meaning looking back, which is not exactly the same what you're saying. And it's maybe not as deep as the way you're talking about it. Because when you said, I, I, I commit or I volunteer, I think you, whatever the term you use when they ask you, can you do this at this time? And you say, yes, you made that commitment, which now like mandates you to, it, because not doing it is not an option. It is not an option to not do that. And the thing that drove me to do that was the, almost the reverse of that. Am I going to look back and go, man, I skated out on this. I skipped out on that. And while it feels good tactically to avoid these hard things, I knew I would regret that. I knew I would look back and go, man, you were a coward. How did you, why did you do that? <laughs> and the, the sense of, 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 volunteering for things that you don't want to do but you knew you you know you have to do was my way of avoiding whatever the reverse of of looming is the the regret i guess would be the opposite of that of looking back and like man because on paper outside looking at my what i did no one's going to be like that guy wasted his career or, or like oh wait i don't see a fact tour on there <laughs> right nobody was going to say that but i think there's something inside there of that feeling of the 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 time does not get undone 
not one second of that time will ever get undone. Yeah, thinking about um, how to understand how you are going to feel in the future is a very important thing. To think, for instance, when you're doing something hard, if you just get sucked into the tactical battle of how much this sucks right now, and I wish I would, I wish I could just stop, and this, I don't feel like doing this. It's really easy to say, yeah, well, then I'm not going to do it. But if you can remember what it feels like, or what it's going, if you can predict what it's going to feel like in the future when you know that you accomplished the mission and you got the job done, this could just be a freaking leg workout there, Echo Charles. Yes, sir. You know what it feels like to get it done. You go, yeah. I'm going to go through this pain right now because I know what it's going to feel like when I look back on this moment. That is a powerful tool. Yeah, that's that's like a... Um, <clears throat> that's like yeah. looming regret is yes. basically what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. looming yeah. regret. Yeah. Yeah, that that'll I'll actually use that to or I'll invoke it when I'm like considering not doing something or whatever. But I usually use it for like when I'm really not feeling like it. Like when I'm really on the edge of contemplation. Like hey, I'm considering straight up not doing this. <clears throat> but I think like you're kinda like that and, and you were just like that, you know, in, in your situation. Where if you can just always think like that, or at least halfway just think that have that in your mind like as you do everything oh man you're gonna save a lot yeah you can save a lot of time like even when you wake up i don't know you probably don't do this obviously but when you wake up don't check instagram and people say that a lot of productivity Mm, people they'll be like hey don't get on your phone before bed or, or right when you wake up or whatever but you know a lot of us don't Listen to that advice. So, but if you for real have that in your mind, like, okay, am I going to be glad that I scrolled whatever it may be, Instagram for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever the case may be? Am I going to be happy that <laughs> I did that? <laughs> Just pro feed coming at you, filling up the brain. Man, yeah. But if you have that in your mind where you're going to, you're sure consciously asking yourself, oh, am I going to be glad that I did this tomorrow or today or later, whatever? Yeah, you're gonna save a lot. Rather than in my case, I'll just I'll I'll do that only in certain situations when I'm thinking like, oh, there's a big thing I need to do. Maybe I'll procrastinate do it tomorrow. But then I ask myself, okay, am I gonna be glad that I didn't do it or did do it? Like, okay, you do it. And then like I said, you're done, and you're like, man, okay, I'm really glad I did that. I have this other little thing that goes through my brain. Um, it has to do with surrendering. Actually, it has to do with not surrendering. Not like no surrender. Which that sounds like no surrender, but legitimately, let, let me tell you what I mean. You know, you know when you're rolling with someone, yeah. and and they just get to a spot where they're just like too tired, and they just tap. Yes. Actually, you've done that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't even when I first started or whatever. I I didn't know like all those mental like. How should I say enemies that <laughs> existed in jujitsu or whatever? And yeah, I'd get so tired. Remember Ron, right? Ron Pizarro. Remember him? What was what's his? Uh, He's a black belt now. But this is this is back when I first started. Big guy. Where? Down at Dean's place in Chula Vista. That little okay. Spot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so we yeah, yeah, day. yeah, yeah. So he tra- and he was bigger than me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'd roll and I'd just go all out. You know, like every white belt, it go all out. Boom, and then. He was better than me, so he'd like wind up in side mount, and I'd be so tired from going all out for that twenty-five seconds or whatever. 
And then, yeah, I would just tap. Mm-hmm. Be like, bro, there's no use in me fighting this discomfort. You know, in the beginning, that discomfort, you're not used to all that kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> so you're just tapping. And, yeah, every once in a while, and then the claustrophobia thing. Yeah, you know, that that's, was, a, that's, that's a factor for you. That's essentially what that is. It's like you're surrendering to that because let's say you don't. Let's say you just endure the, the severe anxiety, discomfort, or mm-hmm. whatever it's called, of claustrophobia. That's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to die. I mean, you might faint or something like that. If you have it bad. So that thing. Yeah. Which I, I asked you, have have you do you do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, Obviously sir. you do. You've you've executed that before. <laughs> as far as execution it, goes. It is yes. it's it's so to me, that's surrender, right? Yeah. I'm surrendering. It's it's different. Look, you get caught, you get tapped, you get defeated, right? That that happens. And I've been defeated on the mats of justice thousands and thousands and thousands of times. But I have not surrendered. I have not, and and believe me, I've been in positions where I've been like, whatever you want to call it, yep. it's downright awful humiliation by by one Dean Lisch. I've witnessed yeah. such events. Horrible, right? Yeah. Just absolutely. And he, you know what he's trying to do? Literally trying to make me surrender. He's not trying to tap me out. He's trying to make me surrender. Mm. Trying to make me say, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm just giving up. I'm not defeated. I'm just giving up. I quit. So, I apply that to my fight with time. Because to me, time is the killer. Time is the reaper. Time, there is no escape. There is no escape. It is going to win. But I'll tell you what, I am not going to surrender. And I'm not going to give, I'm gonna fight it the entire time, the whole way. So sometimes to me, in my head, it's a rep. It's one repetition. It's one repetition of an exercise. Mm-hmm. It's it's hey, I'm tired. Like oh, you know, I'm good. That that was a pretty hard rep. I'm good, but that one rep to not do it. Depending on my mindset, I'm like, oh, that's a, you're surrendering right now. Right, right. You know, you can get another one. Mm-hmm. You know, get the other rep. Do not surrender. Do not surrender, because I always think, if I don't get that rep right now, I'm thinking that's time just is going, oh, oh, we got one. We, oh, yeah, yep, we got this right here. Yeah. We got this. We got a little victory over here. We got him broken. That's Dean getting me to say, you know what, just get off me. <laughs> well, I'm fine, I tap. Yeah. From what? From I'm tired. From I'm broken. From I'm defeated. Fuck that. Not happening. So sometimes I got into the mat, that mindset where I'm not, not it's not, not going to happen. Yeah, that's a good analogy with the rep thing. One rep. Because the rep, like, yeah, especially with squats, like, a tw- you know, in your scenario, the 20 rep squat. But, you know, we, we do anything where it's like, does it, so squats are one of those ones where it's like the, the, the mental part of it. Is more significant for sure in it than like even like a bench or something like that. 
oh my god those two are incomparable <laughs> there you go so yeah you get the you know you can I do you're gonna say the mental is harder than the physical i didn't even know the mental was harder than bench <laughs> no offense to bench but come of course. on hey, that's why i use the example you know so yeah you get up to those higher reps and you're like hey and you know you play you play these little micro games and whether they be beneficial or not, the, where you get to like the 13, 14, 15 range with the squat, you're like, let's say you're like, I'm going to do a set of 15 hard, boom, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this. And you get to like 14 and you're like, obviously from the physical feeling, 14 is good. Mm-hmm. You're solid. And you get, and then you're like, okay, let me just rack this, right? Or you'd be like, no, I'm not going to get beat by that freaking feeling. Basically, I'm going to mm-hmm. get my 15. Or the, another version of that game is like, oh, I'm going to get these 15. You get the 15 and you're hurting, but you know the truth is physically you could get that 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. You could. Hey, but that wasn't part of the plan. Mm-hmm. So, no, no, no. I'm all good. You know, it wasn't yeah. part of the plan. That's interesting because if I if I go in with a plan, I'm going to probably, like, that's like the minimum going to hit that plan. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, th- I feel like lifting weights is like a, a whole, like, equivalent to life as a, in a me- as far as a metaphor goes. Oh, yeah, It's like the sure. exact same thing. For sure. Maybe not quite as close as the jiu-jitsu. Yeah, jiu-jitsu. Because there's the, maneuvering. The dynamic, yeah. There's some mental, there's some definitely the mental game of, lifting and trying to get stronger and maintaining that discipline yeah i always thought of it and rob jones subscribes to his philosophy too where like you know use the weight like that kind of stuff right where if you you don't work out enough you're not going to get the benefits and working out is kind of the pain part the broken breakdown part the part that's uncomfortable part you don't like but the recovery from that is the is what we all kind of look for if you don't do nothing you get nothing if you do too much you get nothing you get negative actually you die essentially Mm -hmm. you do too much you got to kind of get that you know one might call it a dichotomy in a way where you got to get the balance perfect balance you want to push it though yeah that's a thing so therein lies yet another trick in there you know and that's kind of how everything sort of works you do too much you get you go too hard it works against you You go too soft you don't get nothing you know it's the way it works man it's like it's a dichotomy it is a dichotomy and we have to be careful once again with time. So where are you going to invest your time? If we can't detach, if you don't detach, if you're not tracking it, man, it's going to disappear and we're losing. And we don't want to be losers. We want to be winners. <laughs> anything else, Echo Charles? Oh, no, that's it. Dave, anything else? Right on. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting the cause. Capitalized, the capitalized cause. Capitalized. Sure. This is the cause on the underground. Appreciate it. And as always, if you want some supplements, go to jockofuel.com. If you want jujitsu gear, you want jeans, boots, whatever, go to originmain.com. You can also get stuff to represent on the path, as Echo Charles always likes to say. Yes, very much. JockoStore.com, written a bunch of books, a bunch of topics. You can check those out. Kids books too. Leadership consulting company. And if you're interested in that, go to echelonfront.com. On the interwebs, Dave is at David R. Burke. Echo's at Echo Charles. I am at Jocko Willink. And thanks for joining us. Mobilized, activated, and underground. Until next time, this is Dave and Echo and Jocko. Out.